0: I wonder how many of us have ever found ourselves in a position where we knew we would have to do something deeply difficult, stunningly difficult, surprisingly difficult, so difficult we weren't sure if we wanted to or would be willing to or even could possibly do it. And yet, at the same time, we knew if we gave ourselves to that task or that project or whatever it is, that it would be deeply and surprisingly satisfying. I wonder how many of us have found ourselves in that sort of situation. Or if we ever have. Where whatever was in front of us would be deeply difficult and deeply satisfying. More challenging than we can imagine, but more important than we can ever imagine. The Christmas story begins with an experience like that from Mary, doesn't it? Mary is a young girl who probably lived in poverty among her people, Jews, who were basically slaves in their land. The Roman Empire had occupied Israel and their territory. And God showed up, or sent His messenger, and invited her to surrender to what he wanted for her life. Which certainly wasn't the plan she had originally had. There's no way that she could have known, when that angel showed up, how difficult her life would be because of the calling God had placed on her life. And yet I suspect there was a sense... Of how deeply important and deeply satisfying it would be to give herself, to use her body as God's instrument to bring the Messiah, Jesus, into the world in the flesh. The story of Mary is so important because it begins to open, it can help open our eyes to the magnificent things that God can do, even in surprising and troubling circumstances, when we are fully surrendered to Him. The story is significant because it begins to show us what God can do, surprising, amazing things that God can do when we are completely surrendered to what he wants for us. In fact, that's really at the heart of the Incarnation, isn't it? Jesus showing up in the flesh as a human being for us. Maybe we can put it this way, Jesus became fully human so we can be fully surrendered to God. Jesus became fully human so that we can be fully surrendered to God. And Luke 1:26 through 38 shows us in vignette form what that looks like now the gospel writers are very interested in Jesus humanity the gospel writers want us to understand clearly that Jesus isn't some kind of spiritual being who just sort of looks human you know or some sort of divine being who is kind of pretending to be one of us for a little while he really shows up in the flesh he's present in a human body he's fully human the number one clear indicator that that's what's going on is obviously he's got a mama doesn't he (laughs) he's born of a woman gabriel shows up and tells mary that you're going to conceive a child in your womb god is going to do this miraculous surprising thing in your life so that he can rescue the world All of the human race can only be rescued if God shows up in the flesh of Jesus. It doesn't work unless the one who is God becomes fully human. And so the gospel writers want to continue to make that point. So they show us Jesus' mother. And his mother has a genealogy, doesn't she? And so Luke tells us all about uh, the family line into which Jesus was born, a human line of Descent. the interesting thing about jesus family is that there were a lot of messed up people in it right and if you go back and read matthew's gospel you find uh the mention of david and we know king david uh, though he was a man after god's own heart had some serious flaws didn't he Uh, immorality characterized parts of his life Uh, he even killed a man to cover up attempt to cover up his immorality that didn't go very well for him though did it Matthew tells us in his genealogy about the exile, where the whole nation of Israel, God's chosen people, their sin had mounted so high that God had, had to do something to get their attention. And so they had to go out of their land, because sometimes you've got to go out into the wilderness so God can kind of get a hold of your attention and bring you back to himself. And so they, just all of these pieces in the story that show how disastrous the human race is into which Jesus is born. Luke particularly wants to show us how messed up we can be uh, in this portrait of Zechariah. And the thing about Zechariah is uh, he is said to be in the Gospel of Luke blameless according to the commandments and righteous before God. So let's talk about this guy for a minute. Zechariah uh, is married to Elizabeth who is a relative of Mary and he was a priest and before we get to the story of Jesus, we get the story of John the Baptist, Zechariah's his father, and Zechariah goes into the temple one day in Jerusalem to do this, the, the, to offer incense before God. And the way the temple's set up is you've got the holy place. and in the holy place is this altar of incense. and behind the altar there's a veil, and behind the veil is the most holy place. He didn't go back, He couldn't go back there, but he could go into the holy place. And that's where he would offer incense. And Luke says back in chapter 1, read this this afternoon if you want to. Uh, so Zechariah is serving as priest and it's his turn to go in uh, by custom uh, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord, the holy place, and offer this incense. When he gets in there, this angel of the Lord shows up and is standing at the right side of the altar. So here's Zechariah, say so he walks in, the angel's off to the right, and Zechariah sees this vision and uh, the angel's got something to say to him. Don't be afraid, Zechariah. It's, it's always uh, interesting, you know. The first thing angels always say in the Bible: "Do not be afraid." It's consistently, all the way through. Uh, Gabriel says the same thing to Mary, which suggests these were quite fearsome-looking folks. <laughs> you know, not uh, said it before. We'll say it again. These are not precious moments, kind of angels. Uh, <laughs> Just get that. If you have those, that's fine, but that's not biblical. Just don't think that's, that's what's happening there. These are warrior, fierce creatures, and when they show up, the first thing they have to do, they have a message from God. If they don't want people to turn tail and run out the door screaming, they say, don't be afraid. Just take it easy. It's going to be okay. I've got a message for you. So Zechariah is terrified, overwhelmed with fear at the sight of this creature before him. The angel says to him, don't be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, who is too old to have children, is going to have a baby. You name him John. And Zechariah responds with disbelief, doesn't he? Zechariah says, how will I know this is so? Because I'm an old man, my wife's an old lady. Uh, on in years is the way the translation puts it what's the deal and so he sort of meets he's got this message from god and he meets the message with unbelief and we have this portrait of someone who even though he's he obeys the law he's righteous before god's sight but his heart is not in that moment fully surrendered to what god wants to do in his life and through him for the people you see what's going on there you've got this guy he's a preacher or he's a part of the clergy he's ordained he's in ministry he is holy. He set aside. He is serving in the sanctuary before God, blameless according to the law. But in that moment, he was not prepared to do whatever God asked him to do. He was a good follower. He was a good member of the congregation. He showed up when it was time to show up. But in that moment, when God showed up and put a unique and surprising call on his life, his heart was not fully surrendered to what God wanted to do in his life. And I wonder how many of us have found ourselves in that circumstance. Been a part of the church for a long time, probably a member. Attend with some consistency served on a few committees, probably helped uh, clean up after an event, or many events. But there was that time when we had this sense that God wanted to take us deeper into a new kind of experience of His grace. We knew it would be tough. People would have questions. It's not kind of the standard, typical thing that good Christians do. And maybe we were hesitant the Lord wanted our hearts to be fully surrendered to Him, but in that moment, we kind of held things back and said, you know, Jesus, that sounds nice, but maybe another time. You know, Jesus, that sounds great, but how are we going to pull this off? I'm just not sure. I'm ready for I'm on a journey. We, <laughs> whenever we're not ready for what God wants, we always say, you know, we're on, we're on a journey. Maybe later. We'll get there eventually. I wonder how often. The Lord has something for us that would be deeply satisfying and enriching, not just for us, but for the community. But it's scary too. And because of that, we're not ready to be surrendered to what He wants for us. So there's this human race into which Jesus is born. The Son of God is born of a woman. It's just deeply broken. And even when we're showing up it doesn't mean we're really given to jesus it doesn't mean we're really given to what god wants in our lives we can sort of tick the boxes of what it means to be a good christian without being completely surrendered to what the lord wants to do in us jesus became fully human so that we could become fully surrendered to him in a way that zechariah wasn't was he then we get mary Another angel shows up with a message, don't be afraid. Fierce-looking guy. And here's this girl who, I mean, you talk about somebody in the society who had really nothing going for her. <laughs> right, here's Zechariah, who's prominent and privileged. Um, he's connected, he's ordained, he ministers in the holy place before God. That's a restricted privilege. Not everybody, no, you couldn't just waltz up in there any old time even the priests had to only go when it was their turn and so here he is and uh, he's a guy who's kind of got it together he's not ready for what God wants to do in his life God's going to do it anyway whether he likes it or not um, because his Zechariah not being fully surrendered doesn't thwart God's plan does it Um, he has to deal with the consequences of not being fully surrendered he doesn't experience God's best in that moment because he's not fully surrendered but at the end of the day his lack of surrender doesn't undermine God's plan so here's this guy and uh he's kind of a a significant figure in the community but he's not ready for what God wants to do so then Luke shows us this little girl probably a teenager um who's poor and really has no kind of rights and in that world she's a nobody and so the angel shows up and says hey you who everybody else considers really an insignificant person god has chosen you to do something surprising difficult but of eternal significance favored one she's surprised nobody's probably called her that before favored one of god you found favor with god verse 30 you'll conceive in your womb and bear a son you'll name him jesus He'll be great called the son of the most high and you can imagine the fear that she probably began to experience because in that society if a young woman had a child before she was married she could get the death sentence for that you'd be stoned in the streets so for mary saying yes to god i'm going to be completely surrendered to what you want to do in my life now was literally risking her life. God says, I've got a calling for you. I've got something I want you to do. I want you to be the mother of the Messiah. And she's got to come to a place where she can say, you know what? I trust you, God. I trust you that you're going to keep your promises and you're going to pull this through because people are going to talk. Some people might even want me dead. My family's going to experience shame. All kinds of things going on here that the culture will not accept. Why do you think she went to live with Elizabeth? <laughs> you know, the old uh, stereotype of going to live in a convent right, to avoid the shame of the public, that's the kind of thing that's going on here. That's why she went away from her home to begin with, to avoid the public shame and critique and all those kinds of things. The most likely explanation so she goes away and she risks her life she risks guaranteed being uh the experience of ostracization all of these things and that's what god calls her to and in that moment she responds you know imagine here she is put yourself in her shoes just fear and what, what will people say? What will happen to me? What will, how, how do we explain, explain these kind of things? What's, gonna, what's going on? And in that moment, her response to God is this. Verse 38. Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to Your Word. And in that moment, little Mary, by the grace of God, she's got nothing held back, does she? She is completely surrendered. I mean, there is no part of her heart that is not laying before the altar of God. I'm yours. I belong to you. Whatever you call me to, whether it means shame or even my life, I'm in 100% all the way she is fully surrendered to what god wants to do in her life isn't she and what a contrast with zechariah god has something for him to do which is not even remotely as difficult as what mary has to do but it's not the normal way things go and he's a little bit kind of i don't know about this god how are we going to pull this off maybe i'm an old guy i'm not ready you know and just pick somebody else for this kind of thing. And here's this little girl whose life could be on the line. I'm yours. I belong to you. Whatever you ask God, I'm in 100%. For Jesus to come into the world, Mary had to be fully surrendered to what God wanted to do in her life. And the reason Jesus came into the world was so that all of us could become fully surrendered to what God wants to do in us and through us as His church. You see that? Mary shows us full surrender, not because she's a unique... person who did that and it's not to be repeated because this is what humanity made in the image of God is supposed to look like. She shows us God's will for all of us, not to be the mother of Jesus, but to be fully surrendered to God for his purposes in our lives. I mean, Jesus came into the world so we could stop being like Zechariah. I want to be in control. I don't really like you doing surprising things. Let's just kind of keep it going. Same old expectations. We've done it. this. You know, Zechariah is kind of the guy. We've never, he's the guy who probably said we've never done it that way before. <laughs> hey, your wife's going to have a baby in her old age. And Zechariah's like, hey, it doesn't normally work that way. Don't you know how we do things around here, God? You know, just keep it in the box. And that's how we come into the world. We just come into the world wanting to be in control and not really wanting to yield that to God for what He wants to do. And we kind of grip our fists around our lives and say, you know, I'm going to do all the things that make me feel good. I'll go to church. I'll show up. I'll serve a little bit. I'll be an usher. I'll be a greeter. I'll, I'll, I'll run the slideshow when the pastor asks me to do it. All of those kinds of things. But when it's time to be surrendered completely, not there jesus came so that we can move from the one holding back keeping control my way god i'm here i'm on board as long as it works for me to the second example of mary here i am your servant let it be with me according to your will let it be with me according to your will Will Mary helps us see that full surrender is not always convenient, is it? Be things going on, you know. Hey, God says, I've got something I want you to do. Well, Lord, I got all this stuff going on. My kids aren't well. My job's really requiring some extra things right now. Not sure I can take that time to do that thing. Well, you know, whatever it is, God says I didn't really ask what you had going on. I just said, "Here's what I want you to do." <laughs> the Lord, it might not be safe. God said, "Well, I didn't really ask whether you thought it was safe. I just want to share what I think, what I, what I want you to do." And that shows up in so many different ways in so many different lives, doesn't it? Different for so many of us. Are we willing to surrender to God when it's inconvenient? Because we are all about convenience, aren't we? Drive-through. Uh, your way, right away. Two-day shipping isn't fast enough, <laughs> you know. Convenience. Can, what happens when God wants to do something that is inconvenient? I think about Mary, and I, here's a woman who literally, she had to sacrifice her body not only for 9 months but for the rest of her life to care for a child and you moms know what this is about don't you like pregnancy does stuff to your body and you have to <laughs> you have to sacrifice your body to bring another human body to life don't you and that you know mm-hmm. Can open our eyes just how deep this thing goes, full surrender. What would it look like for all of us to be that committed to Jesus? I mean, that, I mean, motherhood's a long term thing, isn't it? Requires great sacrifice. Life will not be the same ever again. In good ways. But in challenging and painful ways too. I wonder if when Jesus went to the cross and His mother stood before Him if she reflected on this moment with the angel. Knowing how difficult and painful her vocation would be. There's no way she could have known that it would come to that. To be the mother of the Messiah would mean her heart would be pierced. Child that she had carried, sacrificed for, and loved, hang before her suffering. To be her rescuer. To be our rescuer. To save us from our insistence on being God of our own lives. Brothers and sisters, salvation isn't about praying a prayer to get saved, to tick a box, to show up at church occasionally. Salvation, the work that Jesus wants to do in us, is about yielding ourselves to him in every way. Completely, totally, through and through. So that there's no room in our lives for things that are not surrendered to Him. So I wonder where it is for us and what aspect of life is the Holy Spirit bringing to mind presently to say, are you willing to let me have control there? You know, maybe we need to ask ourselves, what's the one or two or three things that we just absolutely won't do for Jesus? (laughs) If He were to show up and say, hey, I want this and I want you to do that, I'm not going there. Whatever that is, whatever the Spirit says, brings to mind, that's the thing to which the Lord is inviting us today to respond in the same way that Mary responded, here I am, servant of the Lord, Let it be with me according to your word. I wonder if we can pray that prayer together this morning. As the Lord speaks to us about those parts of our life that are not yielded to his control, I wonder if we can pray together, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your will. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, how easy it is to just kind of slide into what we think is a good Christian life, go to church, serve somewhere, kind of go through the motions, do the things, enjoy time with our friends, fellowship, all of the the stuff. And still not quite be ready when you show up and say, Here's what I've got for you. Follow me into this area. And we have a lot of excuses. It's not convenient. We've got things going on. What, you know, maybe another time we want to be in control. And Lord, I'm praying today that you work in our hearts and give us the grace we need to be able to echo. The words of Mary, here we are, we are your servants, let it be with us according to your will. Lord, let that be the prayer of all our hearts this day, in Jesus' name.